American Giant makes the durable, comfortable spring closet staples you need for work, the gym, and even happy hour. Made in America. Designed to last a lifetime. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Today, the crew have decided to pit Pittsburgh up against Philadelphia. We have the jerseys. They're both very hot. And I would say, what do you think of when you look at each one? I think of Mario Lemieux when I look at the Penguins. And for the Flyers, every time I see a Flyers jersey, I generally think of Bobby Clark. I'm voting for Philly, but that's a tough one. That's a really tough one. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the RP Show on a very, very special day. And in a moment, you're going to find out why. Don't mind me. I'm just checking the poll results of... uh, our jersey poll. <clears throat> what are they? What are they? I need to know this. <laughs> Not surprising. It's episode 908 of the RP show. And it's, let's bring in the moose. Darren Moose Dupont. He is in the NHL's Bermuda Triangle right now. The very chilly Bermuda Triangle of the National Hockey League. We got a lot to get to today, Moose. But as you know, man, did this sneak up on us. It's our final show of 2022. Not just pre-Christmas. But before the calendar flips to 2023, it's our final show. So we're going to do some special things today. Um, I will just ask you this. How are things been with you over the last 22 hours? What's happening? Things have been great, aside from it being really cold. But you know what? That's not a big deal. We're used to that. That happens every year. It's not a surprise. Yeah. Um, I will say all the holiday greetings are coming in, and we're sending them out to everybody. Uh, on behalf and one just came in just bef- like literally seconds before we went to air from Brendan and the folks over at the uh, CFL uh, PA. So uh, the players nice. association. So they wanted to make sure that we passed along some happy holidays to you and I and our entire crew from the CFL PA. And we got to see those guys at, uh, at great cup and spend some time with them. So we got a great working relationship with them. And so that's awesome. That kid that's doing PR for the CFL Players Association, he's got schutzpah, he's got pizzazz. I like him, Brendan, and he's well-dressed. He reminds me of a younger version of you. I used to get that all the time, Darren, and I didn't know whether (laughs) that was a compliment or or an insult. He's like a young Darren DuPont. Uh, Anyways, I got to tell you, as you can tell, I'm in a very good mood today. It's not just because uh, living in paradise in beautiful South Florida, but I got to just tell folks this. Surround yourself with good people. It wasn't today, but yesterday, you know, you can kind of wake up and be a little grumpy. And uh, it was a football guy, one of these older guys that I talk with, and we're talking on the phone, and he just had me rolling just by by 9 o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, you know what? These are the kinds of people I need in my life. Just put me in a great mood for the rest of the day. So, yeah, just trying to be positive and getting ready for the Christmas break. Can you hit the quick six show horn, please? Whoever's flying the ship back there. Because Clark's (laughs) off and they're going through stuff there. Uh, I will tell you, coming up on the program today, Nick Alberga, he's going to talk some Leafs. He's with the Daily Faceoff. And for 
quite some time, was the pregame and postgame host of Toronto Maple Leafs radio broadcast. Also, Tori Gurley, our NFL insider, and the peerless and ageless Rod Black is going to be with us. Those guys coming up in hour two. And shout out for sure to Ryan O'Radio down there in uh, Metro Atlanta, flying the ship at WQEE. They do have hockey down there, Darren, and they love the hockey. You may have you know, heard that in our chat yesterday with Joey Yawk talking about the Liberty University hockey team. And Serena was pointing out in a hockey game last night between Atlanta, the Atlanta Gladiators, and the Savannah something-somethings, there was 70 minutes in penalties handed out in the first 30 seconds of the game. So there's a bit of a theme. That was last night, pro hockey in the state of Georgia. Can you believe? There was a bit of a theme, and I would call it Cactus Jack Wells night in the National Hockey League because everything turned out nice again. Unless you're a fan of the Ottawa uh, Ottawa Senators. And let's go. We'll start in Pittsburgh where Jenny Malkin and Brian Rust each scored a power play goal as the Penguins beat the Rangers 3-2 and that snapped New York's seven-game win streak. In Toronto, Austin Matthews scored a power play goal early in the second period and the Leafs snapped Tampa Bay's five-game win streak, beating the Lightning 4-1 at Scotiabank Center. Michael Bunting, Pierre Engvall, and William Nylander also scored for the Leafs. Matt Murray made 18 saves. I was going to read a sentence or two on each game. In Raleigh, Jasperi Kokaniemi, old licorice legs, scored 20 seconds into the game. And Carolina went on to beat New Jersey 4-1. It was the Devils' sixth straight loss, and they're at Florida tonight. In Philadelphia, Travis Konechny and Owen Tippett each scored twice. Karahat made 30 saves. And the Flyers beat Columbus 5-3. In Winnipeg, Kyle Connor scored twice and added an assist as the Jets downed Ottawa 5-1 at Canada Life Center. Will Winnipeg make an appearance in our NHL Top 5? Stay tuned. In Seattle, Ryan Donato scored in his fourth straight game, and Seattle halted the Blues winning streak at 5, beating St. Louis 5-2. And uh, in San Jose, Totter Toffoli and Dylan Dubé both scored in the first 30 seconds of the game. And then the Flames had to come back twice, and then in the third blew it open for a 7-3 win at San Jose. Hoobie Dooby Doo had three helpers. For the Flames and Alex Iafalo, Victor Arvidsson, and Kevin Fiala scored in Los Angeles for the Kings. They beat Anaheim 4-1, and the Kings have won three in a row. So it was a busy night in the National Hockey League. I have many thoughts. Your Leafs won. Uh, how did you feel about Tuesday in the National Hockey League? Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Um, it, was, it was a fun night to watch, and I was watching, listening, actually, um, on the satellite to the Leafs and, uh, and Lightning game, listening to Joe Bowen call that one, and I flipped it on just as Austin Matthews scored, I think, to make it 2 nothing. so it was a fun one. Um, you know, I thought going around the league, I kind of bounced a little bit out of Philadelphia. Uh, Travis Konechny had himself a big game. John Tortorella was under a little fire for not answering questions about keeping Kevin Hayes out of the lineup. Um, so it was, it was a good night all around in the national hockey league. And, uh, I'll be very curious. I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but I'll be very curious to see how your final top five falls in heading yeah. into the break because uh, there's been some moving pieces lately. Well, I want to listen as we are learning in all the places that we travel, I hear it all the time. They're like, Rod, your show isn't like any other show. You saw what Joe Yock said yesterday from the Liberty University broadcast team. He's like, I love this show. There's nothing like it because we talk about things that nobody else talks about. So a couple things on that. So the Leafs last night were winners again over a good Tampa team 
four to one. And on the NHL network this morning, Michael Rupp was on there. The devil's great. And he just said, yes, the Leafs are good, but the Leafs are always good in the regular season. That's not their fault. You know, they struggled in the playoffs. They beat Tampa last, or sorry, they lost to Tampa last year in round one. Um, but they're always going to say that, Darren, until they kick that door down eventually. And I'm, I'm frankly kind of rooting for the Leafs. I got a lot of things to get to off my chest here. We got time here in the warm-up in point one as we talk National Hockey League. And I'm trying to keep it straight. But I saw all the video of the Leafs walking into the rink in their uh, Christmas outfit. Christmas Clearly sweaters. Austin Matthews. Yeah, Christmas sweaters. Austin Matthews, the one that got the most notoriety, and good for him. Green and red sweater with a big gold bow on it, and you saw fans dressed the same way, and uh, proceeds of what uh, his skates that he's auctioning. His skates matched his sweater that he wore into the rink, and I'm here for stuff like that. And if you saw his face, he was smiling on his way into the rink. Same thing with the Bruins the other night when they played Florida. Those guys were all coming in in Christmas suits. I think it's great. Man, because if you can't have fun with what you're doing on a daily basis, what the hell are you doing it for? Really, what are you doing? And it really reminded me yesterday of us doing our show, having a great time, making a new great friend in Joey Yawk and getting to hang out with my buddy Ash, one of my new Florida football friends down here. And then we go to the Raton Bowl, Boca Raton Bowl, which I'll get to in a second. It's pouring. You know, but I got my phones blowing up with people all across Canada going, are you at the game? I'm watching. Are you at the game? And I'm like, our show is a perfect compliment to the games. And you know who really figured that out was Hockey Canada, right? When we were at the Centennial Cup, remember that in uh, May in Estevan? They're like, right. This is Hockey Canada. Your show's awesome. It's like a pregame show for all of our three games on a daily basis. Would you do your show from every Hockey Canada event? I'm like, hell yeah. Where do we sign? Because at the game, Darren, in the rain, I'm looking at the broadcasters, the girl on the sidelines, the equipment guys. Everybody's huddled up and covered. I left at halftime. I'm sitting there going, that's work. This ain't work. This is fun. We got the world by the berries. And, um... Before I move on to the Flames, do you have any thoughts on that? No, I mean, I don't because I agree with it. I think it's awesome. And it, it's fun to be able yeah. to have fun with your... If you're not having fun, what's the point? And I saw a great, whether it's a social media meme or whatever it was, and it's like, look at there's always going to be problems. Problems will always be there. And yes. some you have to deal with today. Some you're going to deal with next week. Some you'll deal with tomorrow. But that's a constant. So don't let your happiness of your job and of your life be dictated by the problems that come along because there's going to be problems from now until the day you die. So you have to find a way to deal with it and be happy. Have fun while you're doing it. Uh, By the way, let's get uh, the viewership up. Tell your friends. It's the last show of 2022 of the RP Show, and we do have a theme that I'm going to get to here shortly. I kind of slipped a look at the comment section in the YouTube feed because we are live streaming on YouTube, and I'm kind of walked in the middle of some conversations here. I don't really know. Uh, Elam Wilson uh, from Winnipeg writes in and says, you guys have fun on this show, and we all enjoy it. That's why we're here. That's the thing. I just see there's nothing wrong with the rest of the mainstream media at all. But I see in particularly the big centers, guys want to button up their suits and talk about how much they know and how important they are. I'm like, you guys don't know Jack Squat. But you dress well. 
Um, and I'll just say this about the Flames. What did we see the last two games in San Jose? And granted, it's against San Jose. But they scored two goals in 30 seconds to open the game last night. All that was wrong with the Calgary Flames was between their ears. And you couldn't blame Daryl Sutter. And you couldn't blame Brad Tree Living. And you can't the rest of the way. The Calgary Flames had to figure it out on their own. And it's about motivation and being ready to go. When they lose, they talk about that they were sloppy and too many mistakes. It's all mental. And it doesn't matter that it's the San Jose Sharks. The Flames needed a slump buster, a confidence builder. And if it's the Sharks, then that's who it ended up being. But the Calgary Flames are a great team. And I hope they don't look back. We saw two weeks ago the Minnesota Wild, you know, slapping around the Winnipeg Jets and then the Dallas Stars on back-to-back nights. And they've hardly lost since. They're on a five-game winning streak right now. I don't think Minnesota's going to look back. They don't have the pressure on them that the Calgary Flames do, but that doesn't matter. Calgary, we expect more out of you. You've shown it the last two games. We know you're capable of it. Now go do it every single night. By the way, you're looking for something to do over the Christmas holidays. Hit your local landmark cinemas all across Canada and check out Violent Night. Violent Night. That's right. When a team of mercenaries breaks into a wealthy family compound on Christmas Eve, taking everyone inside hostage, the team isn't prepared for a surprise combatant. Santa Claus, played by David Harbour, he's on the grounds and he's about to show why this Nick is no saint. Violent night in feeders now. Take your kids and scare the hell out of them. Yeah, um, when I said this is our last show of 2022, here's the theme, audience participation. I want everybody writing in uh, the number to write us at the studio here, 902-518-3033. If you are watching on YouTube, you can certainly write it in the comments. What did you enjoy the most in 2022? And like, what are you the most grateful for in sports in 2022? And what are you looking forward to the most in 2023? Me, personally, a lot of tremendous moments in 2022. Too numerous to mention. But if you want to talk about, from a purely professional uh, perspective, where my heart was the fullest, was in Esteban at the Centennial Cup. You were there. I was with all my old buds. And we watched hockey every day, all day. And my brother came and stayed with me. <laughs> and it was just cornucopia, Narnia of hockey and broadcasting. It was perfect. And we made a lot of great new friends. Alan May changed his flight to stay longer. Because we were just having so much fun. For me, it was the Centennial Cup in Esteban. Was the top of a long list of really great things in 2022. I want the viewers. And what was yours, Darren? Sorry to put you on the spot. but You've changed my mind. It's now, it's, it was, you know, thinking about Estevan, I got, you know, you and I spent all this time together. You watched three hockey games a day. I got really close with Alan May. I got to crush wine with Joe Watson till the wee hours of the morning. And I met Melody Pearson for the first time and turns out the last. And, and she welcomed me into her home. We sat there and she fed us and spent time. And she stayed up to the wee hours of the morning with us, just wanting to talk hockey. So that becomes number one. But before you mentioned it, number two was the Super Bowl in L.A. Being in L.A. for the Super Bowl and connecting with Dan Moriarty and everybody that we connected with there, and Michael Irvin and everybody down at the Super Bowl, that for me was right up there too. For me, the Centennial Cup beat Super Bowl. 
And I'm not even joking. And that's where our relationship with Canada Cup or uh, Hockey Canada started, everything. But hey, there's no wrong answer to this. And I want the viewers to tell me what was theirs and what they're looking forward to the most in 2023. We'll get to that next segment. In the time we have left in this segment, it's time for the NHL Top 5, Bottom 5, proudly presented by our exclusive betting partner and sportsbook, Bet Regal. And here we go, Darren. Are you ready? The number one team in the National Hockey League, to nobody's surprise, is the Boston Bruins. They're number one in the NHL, but they have an NHL best plus 54 goal differential. If that doesn't sound like a lot, the next best is plus 28. Boston Bruins, number one team in the NHL. Number two, the Carolina Hurricanes came out of nowhere. And with a six-game winning streak, they are officially the hottest team in the NHL. Number three, the Toronto Maple Leafs. They've won seven of ten. Nobody's disputing they're a great team. I'm just wondering how far can they take this. Number four, the Vegas Golden Knights. Somebody from the West has to be in the top five, and it's Vegas. And number five, I got to say it, the Winnipeg Jets won again. A big route at home on Tuesday night over Ottawa. They've won 12 home games. That's second most in the NHL. So Winnipeg's number five. But I remind the Jets at some point they're going to have to play on the road. The bottom five teams in the National Hockey League are this. The 28th ranked team, the Arizona Coyotes. They've won three of their last 10 games. I want to put them higher, but I just can't. Number 29, fourth worst team, the San Jose Sharks. Can't win for losing. Nice jerseys, though. Third worst team, 30th overall, the Anaheim Ducks. They showed some fight in L.A. last night, at least that. But your record is what you are. 31st team in the National Hockey League, second worst is the Columbus Blue Jackets. They've lost five in a row now. I feel like they shouldn't be this bad, but they are. And the worst team in the National Hockey League is the Chicago Blackhawks, who have sunk to the very bottom. They've lost seven in a row. Called Tom Cochran. They're sinking like a sunset. And as they say, they got to come up with something better than this. They're saying, fail hard for Bedard. No, it's crap the Bedard. And the Blackhawks are doing it better than anybody. Coming up next, Franco Harris passes. A recap of the Boca Raton Bowl, World Juniors are at it tonight, and randoms including Touchdown Atlantic, NFL Week 16 games. Jason Moss will be right back. It is the RP Show, and we are live on Game Plus TV, YouTube Live, and WQEE 99.1 FM. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to YouTube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, honey, can you get one of the kids to show me how this Twitter thing works? Honey, I need to get on Instagram. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, everybody. Just before we bring the moose back in, 
the daily poll question for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center, which we do every day, obviously. Capital has dealerships all across the Canadian prairies and the state of California. Uh, I will tell you, it's a Jersey pool. It's the last day of our bracket. Yesterday, Pittsburgh beat Philly with 61% of the vote. Voters liked the Penguins third, and they wore it last night in the win over the Rangers. Today, it's the Winnipeg Jets versus the Colorado Avalanche. And I'm sorry, I can't go with the Colorado jersey for our radio listeners. That's the old Colorado Rockies uh, uniform. Not that I have anything against it. I just like the Nordiques third that Colorado busted out was it just last year and the Jets jersey's pretty hot it's pretty hot looks like what is that two-tone blue and the old 70s WHA logo I'm voting for Winnipeg in this one over 80 percent moose on our Instagram poll as we bring the moose back in Instagram you can go vote plus Twitter and YouTube over 80 percent now that for the Jets that doesn't surprise me because we got a lot of viewers and listeners in Winnipeg. There's no two ways about it. But what is your vote on the jerseys? Yeah, I'll go with the Jets on this one. I have no attachment to that Colorado jersey. None. I do think it looks cool. I don't hate it. But the Winnipeg one is the best one I think the Jets have had so far. I didn't like theirs last year. I, I like this one a little bit more. I think the white is nice and clean. And it goes with the whole whiteout theme they have going in the playoffs. So I think the Jets win this one. Hey, I'm just trying to, um, I can only speak for myself. I'm not advising anybody on this, but I would, I would like to tell the NHL to just slow down, guys and gals. Pump your brakes. Like, we're just getting used to that Nordiques third with Colorado, which is really hot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I loved it. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with this Rockies jersey, but how many jerseys do you expect people to buy? And when you look at this latest Colorado third, Again, doesn't mean anything to you, but for those of us that are uh, my age or older, you would think of Lanny McDonald and the blue, you know, great gazoo helmet that he wore. And certain guys, while well, Don Cherry coached that team, you know, which you wouldn't remember because yeah. you weren't even born yet. But, uh, but so I love it, it. it has great. Because yeah. Hmm. I know the great what? gazoo. So when you say the great gazoo helmet, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's like, let the last batch of reverse retros breathe before you bring in new ones. Because you're going to, eventually you're going to run out, <laughs> you know? It's a little like the Rough Riders Plaza of Honor, which reminds me, I do need to move on to my next point here, but it's like, when they started, it's like a Saskatchewan thing, but when they started this Hall of Fame in the 80s, they're putting like in 12 guys in the first year. It's like, what are you doing? I was 10, and I'm like, it seems like a lot. And now here we go where it's like, hey, you, you're getting in the Hall of Fame because they've ran out of people to put in. Quality people. Foresight. Anyways, point three, and I, I'm sorry for the NFL fans and Steelers fans that it's taken me this long, but Franco Harris, the Hall of Fame running back whose heads-up thinking authored the Immaculate Reception, considered the most iconic play in NFL history, has died. He was 72. Harris's son told the Associated Press his father died overnight. No cause of death was given. His death comes two days before the 50th anniversary of the play that provided the jolt that helped transform his Pittsburgh Steelers from also Rams into the NFL's elite. And three days before Pittsburgh is scheduled to retire his number 32 during a ceremony at halftime of its game against the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, this is something I was advised yesterday by a wonderful man 
who I told him today, I thanked him. I said, thank you for the guidance because ever since my dad died, I'm kind of lacking of that in that area. Like this Ray Yawk thing with Joey talking about getting his dad into the Hall of Fame, it bothers me. And in the recovery business and the empath world, we talk about it taking on other people's feelings and other people's angst and injustices in a lot of ways. You know, and uh, so I had a long talk with a guy yesterday. He's kind of a mentor now for me, and I thanked him for that today. And he just said, Rod, you need to stop thinking about it so much. Stop caring so much. And I sit there, at least they're recognizing Franco Harris in a huge way, retiring his number and all this. But I'm like, Ray Yock, it's wrong. He should be in the Hall of Fame. I hadn't thought about it for quite some time until his kid brought it up yesterday. But I think, Darren, at some point, I was well advised to let it go. I called you last night after I'd had that talk. And he's, well, his, the way he worded it, and it wasn't, it wasn't about Rayak, it was about other things pertaining to my past. But he literally said, who cares? My two simple words. I think I'm going to get a tattooed on the inside of my wrist. Who cares? I look at it. Right. Who cares? Yeah. Some things, Darren, you just got to let go. Uh, sorry, there's another preamble for you. Any thoughts on that or Franco Harris or Ray Yock or any of the rest before I move on? That's a Rip Wheeler line, isn't it, from Yellowstone? When he's sitting there talking what? to Beth and he said, everybody worries about yesterday. That's why I think yep. about today and I think about tomorrow. And I don't think about yesterday. Because all it is is something to worry about. It's already happened. And so those injustices and stuff. But again, when you're passionate about things, you think about it. And it bothers you. And I get it. That's, it's a human emotion. Yeah, well, and Rip said, uh, the past eats up most people. Nice thinking by yeah. you. Um, who cares? <laughs> I got to get that written down somewhere that I won't forget it. Uh, point four, quickly. Daquan Finn passed for 133 yards and a touchdown and rushed for another score to lead Toledo past Liberty 21-19 in the rainy roofclaim.com Boca Raton Bowl Tuesday night. Toledo came from behind and then fended off Liberty, handing the Flames their first loss in a bowl game after three straight bowl victories. So I know you said you didn't watch it. A lot of folks did write me about it, and that was pretty cool. They were watching it on TV because they heard us talking about it during the day. What a wonderful synergy that is at the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. Did you did you catch any of the highlights of that? It, it's hard to miss with the blue turf in Boise. Did you see? You saw oh, that, I know. right? Yeah. Taylor, yeah. Taylor, Taylor Powell threw for 298 yards and two touchdowns. Samson Evans rushed for a pair of scores. And Eastern Michigan won a bowl game for the second time in program history, 41-27 over San Jose State. I don't know. It's what makes me different and clearly very strange. But I've always been into bowl season. I've talked about it on this show every year at this time. If you're not watching college bowl games, what are you doing right now? Can you? What were you doing last night, Darren, that you weren't watching these games? Or everybody else, for that matter. I know, right? It, it is. What were you doing? But actually, I was over with family last night and, and hanging out and then uh, went for a bite to eat, got back in. And then it's, what are you going to catch up on? About 8 o'clock, so you dive into the highlights and tune in here and there, and then you settle into Yellowstone for the rest of the evening after <laughs> checking out some of the NHL. So there's a lot going on to spread your time around. Fair. Well, streaming is certainly uh, a good way to put it. Um, I haven't got a lot of suggestions from our listeners and viewers. 
What are you grateful for in 2022? For me, uh, we said the Centennial Cup. For Darren, you said going to Super Bowl. There are other comments here, but the, just not about that. Jennifer from the Four Seasons writes in regarding our jersey poll, Colorado versus Winnipeg, and she says, I didn't like the Colorado jersey, but it's grown on me. From the Barflies, he says, didn't Lanny McDonald wear that Rockies jersey? He must have written that in before I mentioned that. Uh, Ryan in Toronto watching says, the, these jerseys are great, but I love the Daily Showdown even more. Oh, I know, and, and some of these battles, they're just like the Stanley Cup playoffs, putting Tampa versus Toronto in round one of the real hockey. That's just not fair. That's two great teams. Like your Chicago-San Jose poll the other day, that's just not fair. Chicago's third, or retro-reverse, sorry, Clark always corrects me when I say that, uh, is just deadly. And I don't like Chicago. I've never spent a day liking Chicago. But those San Jose retros, the Seals jerseys are just amazing, amazing, amazing. Anyways, asking people what they are grateful for here today. Uh, well, okay, we can, I mean, I'm not going to go any further down this college football path. And National Signing Day today, I'm sure you've seen that on Twitter. Like all the, co- every college in the state's announcing their recruits. And I'm like, I can't, I can't, can't. We're not a college football show. I appreciate it. We'll touch on it when it's big. But we're hockey and other things. College football on occasions. Because Barflies writes in, he says, there are more seniors not taking part in the bowl games now. Yes, because they don't want to get hurt and they want to be prepared for the NFL draft. And I don't like it, but that's the way it is. Um, Canada playing Slovakia at the World Juniors tonight. That one will be on TSN, of course. And I have some randoms here that I want to get to next, but um, Canada's ready to roll. They spank Switzerland 6-0. These pre-tournament games are great for the team, and the coaches love it, but they're ready. And what's your interest level, 1 out of 10, on pre-tournament World Juniors games? Yeah, not a lot. You know, for me, it's chemistry on lines to see who, you know, has a good pre-tournament and might step up. And then it's goaltending. And and the goaltender out of Seattle, Milich, I think his name is, or Milich, and he would, you know, yeah. pitch the shutout against Switzerland, six nothing. So probably has a leg up. Um, you know, I'll see what happens in goal tonight. I'm not sure which of the other two guys is getting the start tonight. I haven't looked at uh, who was in the starters net at the morning skate yet, but or check Twitter. But that'll be what I'm interested for, just how finely tuned they are. But none of it matters till Boxing Day. Yeah, um, Elam writing in from Ontario, says, I'm thankful for the return of a full junior hockey season in 2022. No hockey in the OHL during COVID made me sad. Didn't it make us all sad? Although Moose and I were able to broadcast the entire season in the bubble two springs ago. That was a lot of fun, wasn't it? That was a lot of fun. Very grateful. Um, Yeah. uh, Thank you, Ryan. Uh, Wayne in Victoria, B.C., I'm grateful for my family and great friends in my life. Thank you, Wayne. I appreciate you for saying that. Uh, I will bring you back, Darren, in hour two to talk about point six, which is simply randoms, and that's NHL tonight, seven games, including the orders at Dallas as the orders look to snap a three-game slide. And the Devils here at Florida tonight, that one's going to be on TNT. It's a doubleheader tonight on TNT, which is exciting. Uh, Jason Maz to Montreal. We didn't get to yet, but we will. Touchdown Atlantic. And big NFL Week 16 games. What's the game of the week? Frankly, I think it is here. The Dolphins are home to the Packers. Oh, how nervous do you think the Dolphins are that their team has lost three in a row and might now miss the playoffs? Um, Eagles at Cowboys. 
Eagles could clinch the division with a win. And the talk of Tom Brady going to New England for one more year. So I'll see you in an hour, too. There's a lot to talk about there, all right? See you then. Yes. All right. Long time, or I think long time, he may correct me, Leafs broadcaster and reporter Nick Alberga joins us next. It is the RP Show, and we are live on Game Plus Television, YouTube Live as always, and WQEE 99.1 FM. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Oh, yeah. He's back. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show. Glad to have you aboard. It's our final live show of 2022. Can you believe? Best of airing Thursday, our World Junior Special Friday, and that's going to be fantastic. And then a lot of best ofs next week that you're really going to love. But we're talking Leafs hockey now with Nick Alberga. The Leafs ended their two-game losing streak on Tuesday night by beating the visiting Tampa Bay Lightning 4-1. Michael Bunting, Austin Matthews, Pierre Engvall, and we, Willie Nylander, scored for the Leafs. Vladislav Nemestikov scored for the Lightning, who saw their five-game NHL win streak snap last night. Hey, Nick, good to see you, man, from the Daily Faceoff. Um, the ups and downs of the Leafs nation mostly up these days. Huh? Thoughts on that game last night? Yeah, feeling pretty positive and great to be with you once again. Happy holidays to you and yours, Rod. Um, I, I just think when you look at this Maple Leafs team, clearly there's a lot of positives to draw and there's a lot of um, optimistic feeling around this team. Having said that, the narrative could be different come the springtime. I mean, that will be the true telling point as to if this team is really different. But to come into that game after back-to-back losses in regulation for the first time this season and really smother the Tampa Bay Lightning, who had been red hot, had won five in a row coming off a 5-1 win against Montreal on Saturday night and completely shut them down. I mean, the only reason that game was pretty much a 2-1 game with two empty netters was Andre Vasilevsky, and at this point, we know why he's a future Hall of Famer and potentially on the Mount Rushmore of goaltenders, right? Yeah, for sure. And it's funny, Robin in Prince Albert, one of our regular um, member of the Rod Squad, says, wonder if Nick will talk about Michael Bunting last night. I can only assume he's referring to Bunting getting ragdolled by the linesman. Is there something else uh, that I need to know about with Michael Bunting last night for Toronto? No, so we discussed this on Leafs Morning Take earlier today. Of course, you can catch on the Nation Network YouTube page, uh, myself alongside former Leaf Jay Rosehill. So initially looking at the play, um, I laughed. Most people laughed with that instinct. But after that, like you start to wonder what truly happened in this situation. You wonder if there's going to be some discipline handed forth to Dan Kelly, the NHL linesman. I'm probably in the middle. I think this happens a lot more than people think in this league. But having said that, I don't think there's any point in time where an official should put his hands on a player the way he did, even if it was Michael Bunting, even if he was a bit off balance heading off the ice. Um, I just think more times than not, when skirmishes like this happen in the league, nothing comes of it. And I understand from the top down, there's instruction to get involved as quickly as possible and diffuse the situation. But I didn't see anything brewing, especially at the end of the period. Having said that, I, I think what your contributor might be asking to is sort of my conundrum the last little while with Michael Bunting in general when it comes to contract years. Like, this is very, very similar, Rod, to the Zach Hyman situation where, sadly enough, the player is playing himself out of the market. And granted, a lot can change over the next little while. And this is a positive. Like, he's playing awesome. 
But at the end of the day, I just wonder if they're going to be able to afford him in the long run. I want to go back to the linesman incident for a second, uh, Dan Kelly, because I watched it this morning and I'm exactly like you, chuckled at first. I'm not the biggest fan of officials, although I'm friends with a lot of them, but I thought, what if Bunting did that to him? He'd be yeah. suspended yeah. for five games. I mean, what was the basis of your uh, discussion today? And what did, what did your viewers, what was their take on it? Yeah, so that's pretty much it. And again, um, prefacing that Jay Rosehill played in this league, he was a fighter in the NHL. So maybe he's got a bit of a different stance. But certainly, the, I think that was the major takeaway was the fact that the official did need to do that. I, I think you there's a way to escort a player off the ice. And from what I understand, there's a there's a background actually playing with with Dan Kelly, the linesman involved in the situation, and perhaps his competitive juices took over a bit. I think he need, he used a bit more strength than he needed to use um, for Michael Bunting to get him off the ice. But I think honestly, this is what we do in Toronto. We make it a bigger story than it is. And after the game, Michael Bunting essentially shrugged it off. So I don't know how much we'll get on this situation over the next couple of days, but certainly something out of the norm. We don't see that very often. And uh, at the very least, it made me bat an eye when I saw it. Well, I agree with you that there might well be a backstory on it. I'm sure there is. I would like to know. I would hope the NHL is looking into it and investigating it. And I hope that's what they find because it was, in my opinion, inappropriate. Um, So Mike Rupp this morning on NHL Network talking about the Leafs. He's like, yeah, they're good, but they're always good. And I I kind of chuckled. He's like, it's the spring where they falter. What is the sense in Toronto with how good this team is? I I got them in the top five. They're my third ranked team in the National Hockey League. Yeah. Are you guys just waiting to the playoffs? Like, is that how, (laughs) you know, it's like, this is great, but let's just get to the playoffs. Is that the prevailing sense there? So not a cop-out answer, but you're probably asking the wrong guy. Just more so because I'm a pessimist until proven otherwise. (laughs) So I probably side more with Rupper when I look at this team, the body, like he's spot on. They do this every year. And that's what I'm trying to tell my friends. Everybody's been on me the last set of while. This team is winning and winning and winning. I just said, wait for the springtime, right? Like it always seems like they have these incredible marks coming off a franchise record point season and nothing cooking when it matters most. Um, So that's probably the way I would answer it. I think there's been a lot of exceptional stories. I think Kyle Dubas deserves a lot of credit for attacking Matt Murray and Ilya Samsonov in the offseason. Both guys have been fantastic to this point. Some of their pickups have been really, really good. And their back end has been the big story for me. With all the injuries to not skip a beat the way they have the last seven weeks or so has been pretty epic, uh, especially considering the way this team started in October. But I'm that type of person. Um, I really don't put that much stock in the regular season. The Leafs will get to the Stanley Cup playoffs. It's more so what happens in the springtime for me. Uh, Well, I will end with this. I'm a goalie guy, Nick. I was one, and I think once you are one, you you always are one. I follow you, and I see that you follow ex-Leafs all around the NHL and how they're doing. Your take on Jack Campbell and what he may or may not be doing in Edmonton this year. Yeah, so I get this question all the time. I think there's a reason (laughs) why the Leafs moved on from Jack Campbell. There's a reason why you referenced those numbers from the first half to the second half. I mean, let's not forget this time last year, Jack Campbell was trending towards being an all-star. He was at all-star weekend. He was incredible. So there's a lot of time, I'm telling you, to falter when it comes to Samsonov and Matt Murray. But again, they've been incredible stories. I think with Campbell, like the thing I wonder about is just the mental fortitude. And I'm taking nothing away from the guy. I think he's proven in his career he can be a quality NHL netminder. But you stack that with the fact that you're in Edmonton, you have McDavid, 
you have dry settle. And again, he he just went through this with Toronto, but I think it's amplified even more when you have the best, you know, player potentially ever in NHL history on your roster. I mean, you have to win right now. And having said that, I think there's pressure along those lines. I think there's obviously some deficiencies defensively for the Edmonton Oilers. I think they can use at least one defenseman, if not two. So I'm not trying to make excuses for Jack Campbell. He needs to be better. I'll just wrap by saying it's a long season. So I wouldn't be shocked if he figured out his game a tad in the second half. And if Edmonton has any hopes of doing anything substantial, they'll need that. But am I shocked by this slow start? Probably not. I just had my reservations and wanted to begin with when Edmonton signed into the lucrative contract. You a believer in Matt Murray? Um, to a degree. I think there's always that part in my mind where it's like, this guy's always hurt, you know, and let's not forget, it took him one game before he got hurt this year, but I'm crossing my fingers because I think he's been an exceptional story thus far. All right, Nick Alberga, thanks for the time. And uh, tell our viewers and listeners, if they don't mind, uh, if you don't mind where they can catch your stuff, because it's always good. I'm everywhere. Uh, so I'm the host of Leafs Morning Take alongside former Leaf Jay Rosehill, available every day live at 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Nation Network YouTube page. And I'm also the host of the NHL Fantasy on Ice podcast alongside Pete Jensen. So I'm keeping busy. All right. Sounds good, Gold Muzzy. Merry Christmas, my friend. All the best in 2023. You too. Thanks so much for having me. Take care. All right, longtime Leafs broadcaster and reporter Nick Alberga. When we come back, a sports update and a whole load of viewer comments and viewer takeover rod black and tory Gurley on the way this is the rp show on the game plus television network we're live streaming on youtube too and on the key wqee 99.1 fm have you subscribed to the rod peterson show youtube channel yet head to youtube.com slash the rod peterson show now back and kicking it let's head back to the studio here's rod well this has been fantastic it's a viewer takeover time and uh, sports update time too and as always as you know we throw a lot at you on this program every day a lot to sort out and think about but not difficult stuff and right off the start i said with the moose that this is our last live show of 2022 so i would like to know from you the audience what are you most grateful for in 2022? And the addendum on that, or the addition, if you will, is what are you looking forward to the most in 2023? I'll have to save that for next hour. I need to think about it a little bit with Darren. For me, I said it was the Centennial Cup in Esteban. And as you know, if I'm saying it to you, I feel that way. It was just so much fun. Um, for Darren, it was uh, basically Super Bowl. Dale Berezuk watching in Winnipeg says, Merry Christmas, Rod and Moose, all the crew too. Jack and I wish our best to you all. He watches the show daily with his son. Where's the dude? Uh, James from Borden, Manitoba. Happy New Year, RP crew. This year, I'm thankful for a good Jets team and a great bomber team. From Swerve95 writes, and he says, did you guys know the Vegas Knights are just renting top spot in the West Conference, holding it for my Minnesota Wild? How about that? Tough talker, Betty Crocker there. Go prove it on the ice. Don't do your talking here, mon ami. Merci. Uh, To the text line, 902-518-3033. Steven in North Dakota. 
writes in. He says, additional future RP show Noonan visits. What is your schedule in Canada the next visit? Stay tuned. We'll tell you when we get there. And we are not coming to Noonan, North Dakota. Not happening. I've been there. You've watched Yellowstone. You know, Bozeman in the show Yellowstone. Noonan makes Bozeman look like Manhattan. Noonan is one street. It's just waiting for a Dateline episode to be filmed there, and I don't plan to star in it. So, no, we won't be coming to Noonan, but thank you for the invite. Craig in Calgary watching on Game Plus Television says, I'm so very grateful to all of the wonderful people and organizers and athletes. We met at the 2022 World Track and Field Championships in Oregon in July. I'm just looking forward to spending time with more passionate sports fans in 2023. Happy New Year, squad. Signed, Craig in Calgary. Kevin, the medium, writes in. He says, my best sports memory from 2022 was the gold medal game World Juniors. Overtime, amazing save, and then, of course, the goal. Alongside that, one of the best moments of 2022 was July 2nd, 2022. So many things had to happen for Rod and I meeting. Hope for 2023 is health. I need to get healthy. Merry Christmas, RP squad. That's from Kevin, the medium. He's uh, dealing with long-haul COVID, and uh, pray for that guy. He'll make it through, though. David in Winnipeg says, I enjoyed finding your show on Game Plus and not having to endure the Toronto Sports Network for sports commentary. Sorry for the Leafs talk, man, but they're good. They're good. We got to do it. Uh, he says, FYI, the Jets are 9-5-1 and one on the road. Thank you, David. Because way back at the start, when I put the Jets as my fifth best team in the NHL, I pointed out that they've won 12 home games. That's second most in the NHL, but at some point they're going to have to win on the road. Uh, Jeff watching in Redmond, Oregon, says, college basketball, when I said, if you're not watching bowl games, what are you watching? He said, college basketball starting conference play. I'm watching that. And hockey, rather than most bowl games, I did watch the Vegas Bowl. And that's kind of my point. I'm like, I don't, you're watching something, obviously. For you Canadians, it's minus 36 Celsius. You're not outside. You're not doing outside stuff. So what are you watching? Ah, last minute of play in hour one. Sports update. Uh, oh, I don't, do I have time to get it in here? Uh, I think so. Defending champion Canada will open the World Junior Men's Championship on Boxing Day with a game against Cheshire and Halifax. Tonight in Moncton, the Canadians play Slovakia in their second pre-tournament game. Kyle Kuzma scored 29 points, and the Washington Wizards ended their 10-game NBA losing streak last night, beating the Phoenix Suns 113-110. But a big, who cares about them? Because the Atlanta Hawks are home to the Bulls tonight. Here come the Hawks. And a parade in Buenos Aires to celebrate the return of Argentina's World Cup champion team was abruptly cut short. Millions of people poured onto streets, highways, and overpasses in a chaotic attempt to catch a glimpse of team members. So many jubilant fans swarmed the Argentinian capital on Tuesday. The players were forced to abandon the open-air bus, taking them to Buenos Aires. Can't handle success. See you an hour or two after this brief pause. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now.
everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.